0: Support for this program comes from Tiger Lily Communications, public relations, publicity, content creation, and marketing. We make you look even better. Find out more at tigerlilycommunications.com. That's T I G E R L I L Y communications.com.
1: Welcome to Speak on It, the podcast where the creatives tell their stories about what they do and why they do it. I'm Felicia Hodges, and because we're all about artistic energy, today we're bringing back an interview we originally aired on an earlier version of our podcast. Today I'm speaking with musician, producer, composer, and arranger, Ruben Edwards. Via his company, Ruber Groove Music and Publishing, he has worked with an array of artists in many genres, including jazz, indie, pop, and rock. In addition to producing voiceovers for Radio Spots and a bevy of other musical projects, he is the bassist and the musical director for Lynn Riley and the World Mix, producing a range of songs from their Say What EP, including Please Irene, which you hear behind me. I asked him about his musical beginnings and how his explorations of rhythm, melody, and harmony got started.
0: My earliest recollection would be a guitar that my brother owned. He was in the military, so he purchased a an acoustic guitar, which he lost interest in shortly after um, buying it. And since he was required to be away on duty, tour of duty, uh, the guitar sat in the, in the room by itself, lonely. So he insisted that i not touch it no one touch it no one touched it but uh... i had to So uh, i will also mention that it was um it was minus the top two strings so the way it works out it had the the string configuration of a of a bass guitar i didn't know that at the time but that was in fact the case so so i, I messed around with the guitar i played with it it was a lot of fun and um it was quite a learning um, experience for me. It spoke to me on on uh, on on a number of different levels. Just the feel of it, the sound, uh, the, what you have to do to produce a sound. So it was a lot of fun. Then, oh, I'm, I was real very young. So I'm, I'm guessing I'm somewhere around um, eight years old, somewhere there about. But I'm in elementary school at this point, and I was fairly tall um, for uh, a person of that age, and as a result, uh, they were giving out instruments in the school because they were trying to um, encourage the students to be uh, to participate in the band uh, that they had. They had a couple bands at elementary school and they wanted uh, certain students to play certain instruments, and they saw me, and there was one instrument that was left over that uh, apparently no one was interested in, and it just so happens that it needed to go to someone a little taller, a little bigger. And the instrument was a baritone horn, which is sort of like a small tuba. So they asked if anyone wanted to to play any instruments not knowing what the instrument was I raised my hand and they they basically just threw it at me so I took it home and I started playing around with it and the thing about the baritone horn is uh, its frequency range it's lower so that got my ear accustomed to the lower frequency range And I played that for a while, and it was fun. I played in band. uh, That's when I began studying classical music because that's basically what uh, the band was playing for the most part at that time. So I played that for a while, and then a neighbor moved in, and he, he somehow... Became in possession of a a bass guitar, so he was playing his bass guitar, and it caught my attention because, like I said, the, the frequency, the the range of the baritone horn was the, the lower range, and when I heard the bass guitar, I was like, wow, it automatically attracted my attention. And he was across the street and several doors over, so I had no, no uh, difficulty hearing him when, when he started practicing, so... I, being a little kid, curious kid that I was, I would just somehow found my way on his steps while he was sitting on his porch playing, and I would just sit there for a while, and I guess he realized that uh, I was very interested, so he asked me if I wanted to play it when he grew bored with it. So I would play his bass, and uh, then he got tired of hearing me play it, so um, I said, uh, would you mind if I... Uh, he said, "Well, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting tired of hearing you play this thing. I said, would you mind if I take it across the street? Because at that point, he had... Really stopped playing. It appeared that he had lost interest in it, so he said, "Okay, you know, go ahead." So I took it across the street, and I played it for a long time. And and he got, he realized that he was without a bass guitar, so he took his bass guitar back. And then I started bugging my parents about it, and then my father finally uh, gave in to my mother's uh, pressures and bought me a bass guitar. So around this time, I think I'm about mm, maybe. 11, 12, somewhere thereabouts. And the combination of the frequency of the instrument, the the frequency range, and the fact that it's a string instrument like the guitar that uh, I was first introduced to, uh, that my brother owned, it was a perfect fit. So that's how I got started.
1: Okay. But you weren't playing, you know, like um, the Batman theme or anything like that. You kind of gravitated to some pretty complicated or complex music. Uh, well, that that's
0: true although I'm pretty sure somewhere during the interim period I've I've covered a lot of themes Batman Superman whatever whatever was out there at the time um, I'm I'm pretty sure I tried playing it on one of those instruments or one of those like I said the guitar bass or the baritone in fact yeah when I was when I first picked up the baritone horn I was actually for some reason uh, I was playing it jazz style and it's probably because my my oldest brother again the guy who owned the guitar he was an avid jazz uh enthusiast so he had he played a lot of jazz around the house so i was accustomed to hearing though not understanding um certain rhythms and and phrases and feels so when i picked it up and i started playing it that's kind of what i started playing so yeah i covered a lot of themes along the way but um, eventually um, I do I did gravitate toward the more complex because that's that's my personality it's not just music it's um, I'm, I, I also was uh, very heavily into drawing at the time and if you look at some of the uh, like comic book characters if you look at the anatomy of these superheroes that I was drawing you would go wow this this guy's really you know into that and and uh, my mother used to comment, uh, that I was her little genius, because at an early age she bought me a sort of a kit that once you put it together, it became a radio, and it was basically a transistors and other components that make up a radio and I was really young, and I put this thing together and uh you know i was I'm also um heavily into carpentry, um plumbing, roofing, I've done all of those things. I basically rebuilt my mother's house. So that's just the way my mind works, and it's sort of natural for me to gravitate toward the more complex.
1: You stayed with it, though. You, jazz was um, something that you've done and have done for a long time. What is it about that music? What is, it about, is it about jazz that is the draw for you? Um, I would say
0: the difficulty, attracts me it's uh it presents a challenge and that's basically i don't like i guess i get bored easily and uh i mean that's I know this may make me sound horrible but you know, even conversation with people i prefer to have a conversation with someone that's really bringing something to the table to hold my interest and in, you know something that i can learn and have my own views challenged and so when when I'm playing jazz uh, the language is so complex and the the technique required to express yourself uh, it needs to be highly developed let's put it that way so and, and you have a really strong sense of accomplishment when you start to master if you will uh, various elements and components of, uh, of the music as opposed to just playing a simple bass line of a, a song. Regardless of how popular the song is, it's still going to be a simple bass line and won't be very rewarding to me. So that's um, that would be my reason for um, um, my attraction to the, the more complex um, forms of music and, and other things in life.
1: Tell me about the production part of it. How did you get into the other side of, of music making? I mean, it's one thing to, to, you know, to play an instrument and to produce it, but you're on the another side of it. How did that all begin for you?
0: We can blame that on 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 uh, my introduction to the opposite sex. Because basically, what it comes down to is uh, you you meet a girl. Uh, you're excited about. The, the possibilities, because there's a whole new world out there once you're, you're beginning a relationship with somebody, and then their desires and their interests uh, you, you take on. And that, in this society at least, requires that you have money. And although jazz is very rewarding and challenging and satisfying on so many levels, it's a very small slice of the um, of the musical pie in terms of income that it brings in Uh, recognizing that uh, I one time I was out with a friend of mine who um, later uh, became a, a very noted producer but at that time it was around a time when the sequencer uh, hit the market. And the sequencer basically is a, is a tool that allows you to um, produce various aspects of music on tracks. You're layering, basically. So if there's a bass part that you're hearing, you can, via MIDI, input that on a keyboard and you'll have a bass line. And and back then, drum machines were were all the rage. So if you had drum um, building sensibilities, you could add drum beats to it, and keyboard pads and and other instruments as well. Because MIDI via MIDI, you can um, access a multitude of of sounds and palettes. So the sequencer basically allows you to combine all these elements together and hear them as they are layered. And it's basically a, a full-blown musical um, piece. So once I saw that he was in possession of this, really once I saw that this thing actually existed, it it, it triggered me in that I realized, you know, this is a, a way to make some money. And uh, I could produce uh, songs that maybe I'm not necessarily interested in performing myself, but other people are interested in hearing. Uh, you know, pop songs and R&B and things like that. So once I, um, like I said, once I got wind of that, then I turned all my efforts to uh, acquiring this equipment, and it took a number of years to do, and I've amassed quite a, a studio and system. It basically started then, not needing money, and and
1: that's kind of where, where it began. <laughs> Girls. <laughs> Yeah, I mentioned you're a composer, arranger, producer. How do you create? How do you, do you start with anything in particular? How do you put things together musically?
0: Well, that depends on uh, which aspect of the music I'm involved in. If, you're, if, if I'm writing, that's a different process than production. Arrangement, that's different um, as well. If
1: you were writing a song, is
0: All there right. something you always start with?
1: Mm, always, no.
0: There's there's nothing that I always start with, but there are basic um, ways to approach a song. There are times, uh, especially now, with, um, with cell phones and such, the memo feature of the cell phone allows you to input um, your voice, and if, let's say, um, I'm somewhere and I hear a melody in my head, or if I'm dreaming and I wake up and I'm singing something that I was dreaming about, I can quickly grab my phone and hit the memo feature and sing it into the phone, and that would be the melody. It could be a bass line. It could be some other um, um, aspect of the music, which uh, will in turn later allow me to um, reference and put into my my main system and build upon that. Before the cell phone, uh, I would just, when I was... Going to school or wherever I was going, riding the bus, because I know how to write music. I learned at an early age. I would just have a piece of paper if an idea visited me, and I would jot it down on a, a piece of scrap paper. And just I would come. I have a, like a, a shoebox, several shoeboxes full of these things, all these little ideas. Uh, there's that, and then there's uh, if I'm working with someone else, then um, that might inspire me to take a different uh, approach. I may hear something that they do, and I may that may, you know, influence a, a bass groove or, or a chordal progression, or there are there are just endless possibilities with respect to um, how a song is is um, is brought into being.
1: I've known you for a long time, and uh, I always think of you as a very creative person, but you know, music specifically and I remember a long time ago we talked about this recently you mentioned to me that you always felt it was redundant when people asked you what you did and you had to say that I am a musician because to you the I am and the musician were the same thing. Right. The notion that they are somehow combined or, or, or two different
0: things it's just I can't relate to that. It is who I am it's how I think uh, I, I would cease to exist if um, If if that wasn't a part of my life. So, yeah, I did say that and I still feel that.
1: We'll be back with more from Ruben after this short break. Stay with us.
0: The Groove Paper. podcast, talk show, and movie review, where we break down the black exploitation era, the cinematic genre, the exploitation of the black culture, and experience through film and media. We'll also dive into the cast, the subgenres, the TV shows, and the music. Outside of the films, we'll view some critical signs of the time and what these stories meant then and now, from entertainment to society to economics. The Groove Paper.
1: Beginning January 18th at 7 p.m., only on hudsey.tv Picking back up with producer Arranger Ruben Edwards, we asked him how he finds the talent that he works with.
0: Oftentimes they find me. uh, I'm at the point now where I'm trying to uh, rein that in a bit, but I'm always on the lookout for talented people. In fact, that's just something that I I just wouldn't be able to turn that off if I'm out somewhere and, I, and there's a band playing, or or even if there's a waitress or somebody, waiter humming or singing near me, it, it my ear is automatically drawn to it. It's just organic for me, and if I hear something that I really like, I'll look at the person and then then the I guess the business part of me will assess them in terms of whether or not they are marketable and that encompasses uh, a variety of different things Um, youth unfortunately being one of them Um, energy uh, an interesting look things of this sort because the the record buying public or the the concert going public is is very fickle and they, they seem to like certain types if you will, although those trends have changed a little bit over the recent years, but there's still a certain kind of um, look and age range. So I'm, I'm always on the lookout for that. But first and foremost, you have to have um, you have to sound good or uh, have some mastery over your your gift, your, either your singer or your um, instrumentalist or whatever you do. I can't turn it off. I would like to at times, but yeah. Uh, What I would do um, if I found someone that I liked, I would approach them and I'd say, okay, uh, ask them questions. Are you interested in the music career? And if they said yes, then I'd ask them a series of questions to determine how serious they are because some people say they are and uh, they're not for for a number of different reasons. And then there are other times, again, uh, where people will approach me because they know what I do and... That's not the desired way, but it happens. You know, that's basically how it works.
1: What do you listen to? The music
0: that you hear on the radio and a lot of the pop acts and uh, indie the acts. There's a certain sound to these. There's a certain production technique, and you have to be versed and aware of the the methods that are that are that are employed in the creation of these things. So um, you have to listen to this stuff. So uh, if you're asking me what am I listening to because I have to listen to stuff, then that would be the answer for that. What do I listen to when I'm um, trying to feed my own soul, it would be something beautiful or something complex or something um, jazz, Latin music, some... Um, developed, I would say, um, pop songs, uh, mostly older pop songs. A lot of the newer music that's out here today um, um, just doesn't have the development that a lot of uh, of the older music uh, had. So that's what feeds me, but those are two different things. It's, that's accessing two parts of my brain.
1: Heading to the penthouse in an elevator with someone who is an important connection for you. How do you sum up you, what you do to them in that ride to the top? Uh, if the question is what do you do, if they put forth
0: that question to me I'd say well I'm um, i I'm, I'm a music uh, creator. I create music and I make the music available to people. Nowadays you have to know who it is you're talking to so You just can't say I. I, It wouldn't be prudent to say I'm versed in various styles of music because oftentimes people are people who are into pop are only into pop, and if you say that you're into all kinds of things, then they they're likely to assume that you're a jack of all trades and a master of none. So it's a complex. It seems like a simple question you're asking me, but my mind is racing all the time. So I would be formulating the best possible answer based on the, the, the most information I can
1: glean from them in, during that elevator ride <laughs> is there anything else or anything you would like people to know about you I know how private you are but well, that they see, don't yeah. see? Uh,
0: well I would say uh, that, that I'm deeply deeply passionate about music I'm passionate about people I love people. I think people are like music to me. Um, even negative people, because you have dissonance in music. You know, without the dissonance, you know, the, the beauty of, the, of the, the, the well-structured consonant chords um, aren't fully appreciated. So, I love people, and people are music to me. That's um, that's who I am in a nutshell, and uh, my music expresses my personality when I'm performing uh, you can tell that I'm having fun I'm enjoying myself and and I'm connecting I look out and I'll see I'm watching the people as I'm playing uh, the band oh my goodness when I'm playing and a band is cooking uh, the, 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 the conversations that are taking place on stage I'm fully aware of and I'm, I'm like right in the mix of it so that's that's who I am I will say that I appreciate uh, you taking this time to, uh, and to express your interest that you've expressed all this time in an interview. Um, all this time, I mean, throughout the years that I've known you, I appreciate your interest and your enthusiasm. You, you remind me that um, there are people out here who truly are listening and enjoying what you're doing. Because sometimes we could, you know, we can be in our own world and we don't realize that there are actually people out there that we're uh, touching, if you will, whose lives we are possibly, hopefully, making better through our through what we do. So I certainly appreciate you and, and um, your efforts here. Well,
1: I appreciate you and thank you for taking the time to do this, because I know you didn't really want
0: to. No, I appreciate I
1: <laughs> <it>. <laughs> A hog tied up and twisted his arms behind his back. You know, what you do is important, and I think the feedback is important to him, like I have mentioned before. Who better to tell your story about what you do than you? And he actually liked the original interview quite a bit. That's our episode. Check out Ruben Edwards and his bass, performing with Lynn Riley and the World Mix, on the group's YouTube channel. That's them you're hearing now. Let them be your live music stand-in until we can all go outside and play again. Don't forget to follow Speak on It via Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for show schedules and videos of the artists featured. Also, email us at Tiger Lily Communications at mailjustmail.com and let us know what you think. Thanks for joining us. Hope to catch you again soon. Stay safe out there.